0: Mm. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies.
1: Parable, Jen and Andre joining me right now, right here on FBI. <laughs> Hello, you two.
2: Incomparable Hello. because no one has ever met this low standard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How are you going?
2: Jen, 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 Have you checked, your- have you checked the Guardian film news this morning? <gasps>
3: no, what are they writing about? Why we should love to see local places in films? Oh,
2: M, Yao Pals, guess who's star in the next series of The Crown?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Elizabeth DeBicke. <E-ls3> Took- okay. de-
2: Elizabeth DeBicke, our nemesis. Can you believe that? Oh. Can you actually believe
3: that? Oh, <sighs> oh,
1: oh. oh. oh no. <sighs> Kristen Stewart is
3: such a better such a better choice for that role. I don't know mm. why The Crown didn't get onto it earlier. So true, so true. Uh, Whatever,
1: uh. I- yeah gang we have some movie news is that correct
3: yeah should we just dive straight in or should we signpost what's going on today we've got such a huge stacked show i'm so excited for it we've got an interview with francesca levy who is mika levy's sister and they made a film together called the color of chips an experimental film that we showed at gun reflex i caught up with her we're doing two reviews Swallow, and also she dies tomorrow which was in the melbourne film festival and also movie news I'm so Ooh, for Jenny,
2: today. you do a Wi-Fi bad because I'm getting some buzzy, buzziness. Uh-oh. I'll fix it. Uh-oh.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> Maya, what do you think?
1: We'll get to it shortly. We'll figure it out. It'll Just be all right. Just
2: play the movie news thing.
1: All right. All right. Look at how I'm they work spotting me now. here. I'm hotspotting now. I'm spotting. Look at how they work me here. Oh,
3: what name are you, please.
1: That's gossip.
0: Movie news.
3: That's
1: gossip. Just before we get into movie news, can I ask, is that a magpie clip, a clip from the magpie guy on TikTok? Guy. We'll discuss this later. Let's get into some movie news first.
3: Okay. Linda Mann's everyone's favorite magpie lady. The tap dancing mum from Gummer, has passed away. She also starred in um, Terence Malick's Days of Heaven. She was 15 in that and I'm pretty sure she smokes in that, and she did die of lung cancer, so I'm just pointing that out. Dennis Hopper's Out of the Blue, where she played, like, a punk that ran away from home when her dad was put in jail, and um, none of the eulogies I've read for her, and she was this kind of amazing mask, like, kind of, I would say, Big Dyke Energy actress, like, star, but none of her eulogies have been mentioning in Gummo. Gummo Erasure's oh, happening, Andre.
2: Gummo Erasure, that should not be okay, especially because it's so iconic to see her in Gummo wearing oversized tap-dancing shoes, like... That, to me, is a combination of casting, performance and costume design that is impeccable. She's in this scene, Maya, where she's in her basement. It's covered in junk and she puts on her ex-husband's tap-dancing shoes and she does this tap-dancing scene, go, <laughs> but the shoes are too big and it's just awkward and strange and I want to say surreal, but that's an obvious word. But and they spent, their whole,
3: they spent their whole film's budget on, you know, 30 seconds of Like a Prayer by Madonna just for that scene. Just to give her... Mm-hmm the acting scene she deserved, a monologue, my not given it a one
2: in a years. Yes, on the show? yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, um, unlike a prayer, Chris Dalia, an American comedian, just has been metooed very, very publicly and was to star in the upcoming Zack Snyder film, Zack Snyder, who made Batman vs Superman, my favourite film, Sucker Punch, And what they've done, as I've done with previous films with like Kevin Spacey, is they've tried to replace him, but the film's already been shot. What do you do? You get CGI. Who do you do it for? Who do you use it on? Do you use a green screen? They have cast Tignataro, 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 famous American comedian, and they're going to replace Chris Dahlia's entire performance with Ting the Tower using CGI, I don't know how it's going to happen or what they're going to do, but it begs the question, is this the only way that queer comedians can get roles in films? Is this if people get Me too'd and booted off film sets and then they get CGI animated into blockbusters? Jen, we have to do better. How can we change this from casting in post-production to casting pre-production?
3: I don't know. It just makes me think about what they should have done when Dumbled- the original Dumbledore died. Like, how many queer actors could have filled that face?
2: Oh, indeed, indeed. But you will never hear me say this off-air, but you'll hear me say it on-air. I prefer new Dumbledore to old Dumbledore. There, I said it.
3: <laughs> I prefer a trans Dumbledore, and I will not stop until that movie's made. Talk to us about local film news, gen. So this is huge, and it's been such a bleak year, I feel like, for Australian cinema in so much as, like, the cinema's not even really open, but There has been announced a film about Pemulwuy, which is going to be made by Satellite Boy director Catriona McKenzie. Philip Noyce is producing it, who directed Rabbit Proof Fence, and he's been dreaming about making this film for about 50 years. It's going to shoot in language next year and tell the story of the leader of the resistant to, resistance to British invasion. And McKenzie told the Sydney Morning Herald over the weekend that she has like a 10-year-old son and she's really passionate about him being told the truth of this country so he can stand up straight as a young Aboriginal boy and say it was never terra nullius and it had a, always had a robust culture. So if you're new to Pemulwe, which is like one of the iconic Sydney stories, I would say, a good place to start, I would say, is the first episode of the series First Australians, which is available on SBS On Demand. And then imagine how that's going to be, I guess, fictionalised, not fictionalised, made into a film, made into a biopic.
2: And in other obligatory SBS news, uh, on Thursday night on NITV and SBS of Iceland, Stephen Oliver's Looky Looky Here Comes Cookie is going to, set the story straight is what jen has written in this news i know nothing about this so jen help me out it's a new feature-length documentary a feature-length by Captain like Coop Coop Coop. Coop.
3: from a from first, the first Nation nation's perspective. perspective to commemorate the 250 year arrival of, uh, of mr corgu huge
1: Great. love There's this
2: everyone's got stuff to do this week get, get to work y'all
1: we'll pop it all in the programs page at fbiradio.com We are hanging out on Movies, Movies, Movies. We've just wrapped some very pressing movie news and we are going to go to two takes right here.
0: Take two.
1: Right here on Movies, 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 we have two different reviews from Jen and Andre. I do apologise. I think I just played an older sting, so... Please give me a talking to right after this, but we're going to go to <laughs> Andre's review. we going
2: to fire you, Maya. That's right. I'm going to review The Swallows of Kabul. Uh, it's an animated film. I believe the trailer's in French, so suckers, I can speak it, so y'all will have to just get onto that YouTube translation, but it's set in 90s Taliban ruled Kabul. Play the sting.
1: All the trailer. We're going to go to the trailer right now.
3: Est-ce que tu sais quelque chose de la femme qu'on a emmenée C'est un couple sans problème, gentil.
2: C'est fichu. Les talibans nous détruisent. Pourquoi tu t'intéresses autant à la prisonnière Je te préviens, la cérémonie est très attendue. C'est la seule femme programmée, alors tu fais ce qu'on me dit.
0: Ah
2: Et te tuerons, Sonaira.
0: Ne sommes-nous
1: pas tous déjà morts depuis oui. longtemps quintessential French film uh, gasps and exasperation and drama right there. André, take mm-hmm. it away. Mm-hmm. Indeed.
2: Okay, so the film I watched this week is an adaptation of Algerian author Yasmina Khadra, pen name of Mohammed Moulassoul's novel about two couples living in Kabul during Taliban rule in the 90s. It's them grappling with their allegiance to faith and desire for escape. It's an animated film, so we all know that some of our fans like Ghibli films. But if you're anything like me, you know the following about Afghanistan. It features in Bitter Lake, the Adam Curtis film. And you absolutely don't want Rachel Wise playing an amoral war criminal, quote unquote, saving a country. Okay, bad segue into The Swallows of Kabul because it's basically the most tragically uplifting animated film since Triplets of Belleville. And the only thing both those films have in common is that they're both in French. Don't make me explain the plot because I'm an ignorant twinkie things who just watched a six minute Instagram video called Dow Pals. But I can just tell from this, SBS is going to have a field trip trying to rebrand their movie section around this Oscar Shuin. Ever heard of rotoscoping? Bitch, look it up. Jen, this movie was devastating, but I want to say necessary, <sighs> but I don't
3: want to sound like a dweeb. You cried, didn't you?
2: I did I cry the very end. And you I did cry. And,
3: and you are heart. You never cry. You're a cold bitch. Oh, damn. I, I never oh.
2: cry. This guy pal never cries. And I think it's because the film has uh, the way it progresses and it unwraps in its beautiful, watery watercolor animated way is that it's plotted and there are beats and there are story arcs, but the ending is just pure uplifting joy. And it's like, Oh, I love a narrative film that just gives you so much in its ending as opposed to just saying that's it we finished but Good not job. but not but
3: not in like a not in like a platitudes utopian way just in a like <gasps> okay all right totally totally it's like a reassurance it's, it's like the
2: ending is like a reassuring hug that not only are things terrible but things can be okay in the worst of times it it had me thinking emotionally and that's all films have to do for me in 2020 thinking emotionally
3: oh.
1: Damn,
2: I love it. Boy, yeah. back me up here, Jen. You I'm backing you up. And the ended. other, the other
3: time you, the other time you cried this weekend was watching the despair video clip by the, yeah, it's caramel. Oh, this, this is very true. This is very, very true. I, I feel, feel like, like these, episode. they both have the same energy at the end of them, where it's like, oh, you know. Mm, I did a, also a French have, sigh. A French sigh. I have also cried multiple times
2: watching <laughs> the every time scene in Spring Breakers. So, can you guys trust me as a film critic? I do not know. Let's just go to Jen's reviews. So that I can get out of the way. <laughs>
1: all right now we have from jen she dies tomorrow let's hear a little snippet
4: all right listen amy i'm really freaking
1: out right now
5: i feel like you put this idea of dying in my head can can you just call me back
2: you expecting someone
1: hello Jane. you okay i just have this feeling i'm going to die
3: tomorrow but how do you know
1: i just know okay so you don't know yeah, whoa man dramatic
3: Ooh. so uh, director amy simons is basically josephine decker for girls whose clozapine is lexapro she's like wise blood for girls who listen to haim and the way that karen kusama is andrea arnold for girls who is a24 as megan ellison she directed the ruthless absolutely flawless first season of the girlfriend experience but in She Dies Tomorrow, which screened Friday night online at the Melbourne International Film Festival, she really captures the dysphoric state you can get into after binging too much news and true crime by yourself high. Kate Lynn Schill walks around her small town like she's in a spooky high music video telling anyone who listened that she's gonna die tomorrow and slowly everyone agrees. It's like, I mean, Simon says paranoia is contagious and I can't think of a more selfish and truly gorgeous way to demonstrate that than by making a thriller exercising her own demons to inflict on audiences? That's art. She Dies Tomorrow is Nicole Kidman as Virginia Woolf in The Hours, made for Netflix with LED lighting and Tish graduates. I felt like saying, you're right, we are losing our minds, and it's the screen's fault. It's a curse to get rid of another curse starring Jane Addams, Michelle Rodriguez, and Chris Messina, and I would recommend it. Andre? Jen, you saying a character walking
2: around a small town when the small town is LA is 2020 film critic Shemood.
3: <laughs> But that's what it is—a small town. She's in a small town, but they just obviously shot it in L.A. So it's just Mm. like a high music video, you know? It's like small town girls.
2: So so L.A. Honestly, I was just waiting for this whole movie to turn into like a weekend music video. It's just like the most L.A. fluorescent lit, neo noir, referencing Nicholas Winding Refn. Where's Dakota Fanning? Will she pop up at some point? Back alley. Like honestly, wouldn't have been surprised if there's like a deleted scene in this film where they go to a strip club and the strip club has neon lighting and someone's ordered a cocktail in a martini glass. But I do It's like more
3: Miranda movie. July than that. It's more Miranda July than that. You're going off the trailer. You're right. Seriously. It's
2: almost like if Miranda July directed a weekend video clip. There I said it.
3: <laughs> That's hundred percent what it is. I know. <laughs> Daft punk on the on the tracks. On but this production. was hard for me to watch because I'm experiencing
2: stressful phobias of my consciousness and dementophobia. So watching this film about someone whose suicidal thoughts are contagious. It really didn't sit well with me. But hey, if this is what Miff is curating, we just have to go with it, is what I'm saying.
3: Thanks, Miff. Thanks, Miff. Thank
2: you, Myth.
1: Damn, on that note, we are going to break off into a song. Quickly shouting out William in Young, who is excited to hear uh, Jens catch up with uh, Micah Levy's sister, Francesca Levy, about the colour of chips right after this next song. So don't go anywhere. We're going to go to Perth with Mukhavati and the track is called She. William & Young on the text line is absolutely loving it. And on that we are going to go into Spotlight on Movies, Movies, Movies.
0: Spotlight.
5: Spotlight. Spotlight. Spotlight.
1: Spotlight. 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 So good. Jen, give us a quick recap on what you're spotlighting today.
3: So, uh... On the weekend, I had the pleasure of catching up with pen pal friend Francesca Levy about her collaboration with her sister Mika Levy on their experimental film, The Color of Chips, which we showed at Garden Reflex last year and it's available for one more day online. We'll put the link in the program page. Yes. Um, it's this kind of meditative, like a trippy film about casinos and fortune tellers in Blackpool, England, and it's a response to the Soviet classic, The Colour of Pomegranates. Anyway, she goes more in depth, and um, she basically, her point of view is, everyone make experimental cinema with your phones. Just, like, uh, turn your phone into horizontal and mess with the images and just do it.
1: Oh, cute. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to jump into this interview right here on Mornings.
4: Color of Chips was a project commissioned by Live Cinema called the Unfilmables, and my interpretation, which was um, the British response to Parianov's wonderful Armenian Odyssey, The Color of Pomegranates. It's very cliche, but when I first watched The Color of Pomegranates, it completely blew my mind into how films were made and how films can be interpreted because it was so different to anything I'd uh, experienced. I was uh, mesmerized. My grandparents are from Transylvania and I think the other half are vaguely Russian and from various odd parts of Eastern Europe. I was always influenced by Soviet cinema. I watched, that was like instead of Disney, I would watch like um a Russian equivalent as a kid because I would like absolutely love them and I wanted to understand my grandparents more. And I wanted to see how that could be put into context within the UK and the closest kind of mythological magical place I could think of was Blackpool and Blackpool for those who don't know is like a seaside town in the UK which had a very glamorous former sort of like heyday and kind of has gradually gone into decay. You know, there is a place that's full of fortune tellers, but it's also like where a lot of people go gambling. So this kind of idea of an uncertain future, but also hoping for more is something that embodies the place.
3: But I also feel like that's making experimental cinema as opposed to a narrative with a script, because you're predicting that you're going to have a good film. Did you find anything prophetic after you made it?
4: Uh, yes and no. I mean, I kind of enjoyed just having, going to different fortune tellers and seeing how different all the interpretations were, but I also found like some of the things quite prophetic with, um, in the casino, there's a big sign with deal or no deal. And in the UK at the time, like, and still actually, we're going through this like very painful Brexit negotiation where there's like potentially no deal um, and like the unknown going on and I kind of felt like that was quite ominous at the time and this is back in that was a few years ago this kind of like where are we going so I felt like a lot of what I've seen was ominous but it could be also my own interpretation of a space and a place in time and my own feelings because you know at that time in my life I was going through Quite a tumultuous period. I feel very, very lucky that me and Mika work really well together. But it's kind of strange because she's my sister, but she's also one of my dearest, uh, closest friends. And, you know, it, it's strange when you've got that blood relationship, but then you actually get on really well as people. And if you weren't related, you'd definitely be eating crisps and playing Laser Quest all day actually really good i mean I'm, I'm actually the more i think about it i'm like that is actually unusual because most people would have pulled out their siblings hair by now or whatnot but no hair was pulled um a lot of donuts were eaten and it was all good why do people are like hesitant to
3: experimental cinema like
4: i think it's partly um people have this sort of idea of a white box gallery and that experimental cinema is for like an artistic elite when it ne- isn't necessarily so and doesn't have to be i mean um i remember somebody saying to me that something they found strange about chips is that it does have humor to it um and they don't associate that with art films and i'm like actually you know tangerine like that was made on um, an iphone and you know that's considered by a lot of people art cinema but I think it's very accessible it's very funny but it's also telling the story of uh, two trans women um and I think these are stories that all sorts of people need to hear you know
3: 100 percent. oh my god so lovely to finally talk to
4: you Lovely oh. to talk to you too. I thought because this is the first like big project I'd ever worked on, I thought that I was gonna get booed and it was gonna be shown once and it would never happen again and I'd just laugh about it in my old age.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Like, ha, ha,
4: ha, ha. Remember that film I made about Blackpool and everyone chased me out of the town.
1: Francesca Levy there debunking some perceptions of experimental film and talking about collaborating with her sister Mika Levy. Brought to you by Jen and Andre on Movies, Movies, Movies. It was a brilliant, brilliant little chat.
3: It was so fun. It was um, by surprise on Saturday night, and I had completely forgotten that we were doing it. And at 12 o'clock, the time difference really set in. But um, <laughs> I, I think it was a really good chat. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: and you know what? Props to us for going this whole show without mentioning Mika Levy's Oscar nom.
1: Love it. <laughs> I love it. If you want to listen back to Movies, 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 you can do so at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on Mornings with Maya Billick. Or better yet, subscribe to the podcast. All you got to do is find FBI Radio and Movies, Movies, Movies will be there for you. We are going to leave with some Madonna, like a prayer to commemorate the life of Linda Manns, the dancing mum in gummo who tap dances when Solomon tries to lift weights in her basement. Jen, Andre, thank you so much for always packing such a stacked show and teaching me so much. We'll see Shout you out here. to Linda. Love that lady. <laughs> we'll see you here at the same time next week.
0: city in the summertime sweat dripping down papi damn you fine no ac in wella's house good luck getting up from the plastic couch yeah. here i am stay calling out the I woman tamarindo, morenito malindo more freestyle pa que sepa el ritmo Sitting on a scoop for my toes out. Four, three, seven, seven, zero. Hello. Skunk on the block, I mean, man, mellow. Mommy, mommy said that I'm freaky. She coming at me con la chanceta. Oh, I'm gonna get a pilla, Pero, pero, hago lo que quiera.